You're listening to the Cell Phone Junkie Podcast, your source for news, reviews, and questions about the cell phone industry. Visit us at www.thecellphonejunkie.com. Hello and welcome to the Cell Phone Junkie, show number 34. My name is Mickey Papillon, and we are on essentially what is part two of uh, a number, of, a bunch of topics and stories from CES and Macworld that have come out over the last uh, week or so. And uh, this is a continuation on with the same host that I had on from show number 33, where we talked a lot about the iPhone. So to introduce them, I've got Matt as always. How you doing, Matt? Back again. Back again. Back again. Uh, Joey. Hi. Joey's back. And Jerry. Hey guys. So we've got a we got a, a gaggle here, as I said before, of co-hosts here that we're going to talk about uh, a number of different topics and stories that have come out over the last week or so. So the first thing, and probably the most important thing that I can think of, that is coming out besides the iPhone is the fact that Singular is going to be transitioning back over to AT&T starting tomorrow, Monday, January 15, 2007. And basically, here's what we've got. Uh, AT&T Wireless was acquired by Singular Wireless in 2004, and the AT&T Wireless brand went away. Then, uh, fast forward to the end of 2006, and AT&T announces the merger and the acquisition of Bell South. Well, Bell South was the parent company of Singular Wireless. Now that they're owned by AT&T, guess what? Singular now going back to the AT&T brand. So starting tomorrow, they're going to be rebranding the entire Singular uh, portfolio with a whole new campaign designed to basically tell the customers that Singular is now the new AT&T. Uh, so a lot of speculation about this over the past six months. A lot of people were talking about it, and we, we kind of knew that it was going to happen, but weren't, weren't really sure where, you know, when and, and what was going to happen. So... What I wanted to do is I want to open up kind of a discussion, and I'll start this off. I think this is a very interesting thing that is happening here. I have personally been following this since the announcement of it way back when, and, and Jerry and Joey, uh, in fact, and Matt, you all, all three of us have had conversations about this and, and what's going to happen. In my opinion, it, it's kind of like brand uh, suicide. You really have had people who, I mean, you still have people that have still have AT&T wireless SIM cards, uh, phones that have the brands on them, things like that, and are just getting used to the singular name, and now you're switching back to AT&T. I will say, I do think it's probably a good idea to, uh, out of the two, AT&T is a much more recognizable name, easier to spell, yada, 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 yada. So, um, let's start it off. Uh, I know, since Jerry, you're the sole singular a subscriber here. What do you think about this? What does this mean for you? Well, to me, I mean, basically, it's as long as they keep everything as as it's been within the last year or so. And and you said before that basically uh, you had people on old AT and T blue pants, and I was actually one of them. Um, you know, I started off with AT and T wireless, and and went through a uh, corporate discount plan because my co my company offers a discount uh, with AT and T. And basically, I've been on a blue plan up until I say three days ago when I got my Trio 750, and then I switched over to a singular plan. So, you know, 
long as they maintain, you know, the, the status quo on the plans and they don't shake people up and, you know, they're changing plan structures and because that's a hassle. I mean, people just don't want to be bothered with, you know, different things and, you know, just keep the way it is. I mean, if they want to improve the price, that's one thing, but you guys know it, that's not going to happen. So, you know, just as long as they keep the status quo, I think it's, it'll probably be a good thing. I mean, do you do you potentially see any any changes from maybe plans or things like that? Do you think they're gonna? What about rollover? Do you think there's gonna happen with yeah, that? I, I think they're gonna keep it. I mean, that's basically a selling point for the singular now AT and T. Um, you know, because uh, nobody else offers that. So I I think they're gonna keep that. They, they would be smart to keep it, and uh, you know, I just think it's gonna stay around. Sure, sure. Well. How about Joey? What do you think? What do you think is uh, good or bad about this? I mean, it's obviously bad for the people who just transitioned from, from you know, AT&T to Singular, now back to AT&T. But it's usually these changes are, are fairly transparent to the user themselves. But it's a good thing for that company. Um, you know, a lot of the nation never heard of Singular before it transitioned. You know, like us here in Minnesota, we didn't have Singular here. And... Uh, you know, Singular still seems like a new company that's unproven, that they, you know, uh, you just don't know about them. And AT&T has been around for, you know, 50 years at least, and it's always been synonymous with quality and um, reliable products. So it, it'll be, in the long term, it'll be uh, very good for them. It's unfortunate they're going to they're gonna, uh, lose the people who do uh, know Singular, but, you know, there's a lot, I mean, obviously they spent, you know, millions and billions of dollars into the marketing of the Singular brand name, and it's too bad they can't roll that into some other service where that's the data portion or something along those lines where they could still make use of the money they spent to that. But it, in the long term, it's, you know, AT&T is so much better. I, I think you're right. I think there's going to be, there'll be a number of things yeah. that we will... We, we will see um, over the next few months, and um, I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited really to, to, to see what other people, um, or excuse me, what the company is going to, to do. And so what, one of the things that I'll post up here on, in the show notes is the singular rebranding fact sheet that came from the Boy Genius Report, and you can read all about the different things that they're going to be doing, uh, you know, rebranding the buildings and, and the different things like that. So uh, if you want to read more about it, you can do so there as well as I'll have the uh, a link from uh, the Mobility Today website to the Yahoo News story about them starting the rebranding uh, tomorrow. So one of the products that was released is the Trio 750, and this has been a product... Uh, that's going to be out on Singular, and it's been uh, in a long time waiting for a lot of people, including Jerry. And I know, Jerry, you have had uh, some prior devices on Singular, some smartphone devices, and have switched over now that the 750 is out on Singular. So why don't you tell us a little bit about it and uh, your first impressions and, and stuff like that about it? Well, they, I, I have to tell you, I have to start off by saying this device is probably one of the best uh, combinations right now for phone functionality and full pocket PC um, functionality. Um, the melding and the what people are calling the, the quote-unquote palm special source of customizations to the operating system really make the Trio line for Windows Mobile uh, one of the most convenient phones to use um, if you're talking about the phone edition devices. 
Um, this device, you know, I've had it for a couple days now, and to be honest with you, it's just it's just a dream to use. And and I'm not exaggerating by saying that because, you know, coming from the K Jam, uh, Mick, you know this um, well. You know, I've spent tons and tons of hours trying to tweak and customize that device um, to my liking as far as functionality, as far as convenience is concerned. But this really out of the box um, is basically tailor-made uh, for convenient use. And for someone that wants uh, more phone functionality but a little less PDA, I think this is the device for you. As far as the um, technical specifications of the device, it's running the Samsung 300 processor, which I find, you know, perfectly, uh, perfectly fine to run the things that I need to do. Um, I run uh, some heavy applications, um, some light applications. Uh, I run Sling on on the device, and it, it runs fine. It seems to be handling everything, even video, you know, like video, not streaming, but rather just video that I've taken from DVD. You know, yes, it has the square screen, but it plays fine, and, and I'm just very impressed with this device. The quality of it is, is outrageous, um, and I mean that in a good way. Um, it feels good in the hand. It's, it's one of the nicest feeling that, uh, devices that I've, I've ever owned. Um, I don't have particularly large hands, so, um, you know, a larger device, you, you know, you hold it for a while, it becomes a little unwieldy or uncomfortable to hold. But uh, I have no, no complaints about this device so far, and, you know, I'm pretty tough on my devices. So what we were, uh, uh, you know, talking earlier about different speeds and different things like that. The device is UMTS compatible and which is an upgrade from the edge speeds but not quite to the HSDPA speeds. Uh, what do you think about that? How's that working out for yeah, you? Uh, that is, that's absolutely correct Mick. Um, what I find is where I live right now I'm still picking up edge connections um, but if I go five minutes from my house I start picking up the UMTS connections. So um, ranging, I would say the closer I get to Manhattan where really the UMTS signal is the strongest um, as I approach the Manhattan you know on my, com my daily commute I find that my top speeds um, I've hit top speeds of about 400 KB um, okay. you know which is not too bad you know coming from edge um, that's like a jump you know like an amazing jump for me so yeah. um, you know basically um, at those speeds and even less speeds um, sling runs great I mean I've had no problems it was almost painful to use on an edge connection um, you know it, depending on where you were and how the connection was going but um, the UMTS uh, basically uh, I'm very impressed with it and um, I even applied on the Mobility Today, David posted on the index page about the HSDPA hack. Um, I applied the hack, but I haven't been able to pick up that HSDPA yet. So it would be interesting to see when I get into Manhattan uh, on Tuesday um, after the holiday um, to see if I pick up those uh, HSDPA speeds. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I will uh, I'll put a link on the, in the show notes to that, to Dave's site and that particular story about the HSDBA speeds on that. You'll have to let us know because I, I think that would, too, that would, for the people who have the question about, well, I'm just going to wait. Well, you know what? Here's a hack. I know it had worked for some people, hadn't worked for other people. Uh, one of the comments was you just have to wait. You have to apply it. And you have to wait 20, 30 minutes for it to pick up that signal if you're in an area that, that supports it. So. so I have a question about this. How does this compare to the Motorola Q, which we've heard a lot about on the cell phone junkie? 
What are the major differences? Apples, apples and oranges, and only because of the operating system. Um, you know, there's the Pocket PC Phone Edition, which is basically your Pocket PCs that you've come to know and love or hate, depending on which camp you sit in. Um, but the Q is basically, this, uh, obviously, the smartphone device. A um, little bit less functionality. I don't want to say it's less of a device, because it's not, but different functionality. There's no touchscreen. There's no, quote-unquote, native editing of uh, Microsoft Documents. Um, so things like that, you know, it, it depends really what you need the phone to do. Um, I've been I've been basically in the pocket PC camp for about five years now, so all the software that I've accumulated has been pocket PC OS, and I wanted to leverage all that software. You know, I'm talking about media players and, and productivity applications and so on and so forth. But the, the major difference is, is really just the operating system and how it interacts and how you interact with the device. Um, otherwise, um, you know, it's a Windows mobile device. Yeah, they're they're like you're right. I mean, you are comparing essentially different different devices with a pocket PC versus a smartphone edition. Essentially, the some of the functions are the same. You know, you make phone calls, you can do email. Uh, I can view documents, you can edit documents. I can do pretty much the same thing online as you can. Our speeds are about the same. Uh, EVDO can get a little bit faster than the UMTS. Once you get to get to try out those HSDPA speeds, though, you'll be you'll be real excited. So. Uh, that's that's good. I'm I'm glad to hear some of the you know some positive reviews on that. You know there were some things that Dave mentioned on on the Mobility Today podcast about when you guys were talking about it. Some of the the, the kind of the negatives or the downsides to it. Um, and I don't know. I I I guess I'm kind of more on the this is a really great thing to see. And I'm just waiting, you know, uh, for it really to to take off and and possibly come to T-Mobile then. You know, to have another carrier to be able to to take into the trio funness as well, you know. Right, absolutely. It's, the device, you know, look, I mean, it's not a perfect device. You know, there are uh, certain aspects of the device that could use improving on, but I think Palm in itself has done a good job with this platform. They've carried it along. They've improved it, um, which is more than I can say for a lot of OEMs. I mean, you know, HTC has had the, the rights to do Windows Mobile devices for a long time, and, you know, really, where is their innovation? We go back to that word again. You know, what have they done to improve the platform. I'll say the same thing about HP, Hewlett-Packard. You know, what have they done to really improve the platform? Now, whether or not it's in their realm of capability, I don't know. But I, I got to give kudos to Palm um, for that aspect and that aspect alone uh, regarding Windows Mobile, just improving the experience, um, improving the overall phone experience. Um, and may I add also, I mean, I really like the Blackjack, and I know Dave is a big proponent of it, and I really wanted to buy one. But the only issue for me and the big issue was uh, the lack of Bluetooth uh, voice dialing. And, you know, some people say, ah, so what, use a car kit. You know, I, I use my Bluetooth headset and stereo headset uh, religiously. And I'm not, if I'm not able to basically dial a phone number um, by using my headset, then basically that's something that's important to me. So the Trio 750 is, in fact, the first Trio with Windows Mobile on it uh, to work reliably uh, with Microsoft Voice Command 1.5 that you can activate um, voice command using the headset button. Are you saying that you have a hard time navigating the streets of Manhattan while dialing a phone at the same time? 
Well, let's just say I would have a hard time <laughs> I'm driving a car, even if I wasn't doing that. Imagine, <laughs> imagine you know, a, a sea of yellow taxis uh, around you, and you're trying to dial your wife, you know, to tell her I'm bringing home the milk. I mean, come on. <laughs> I, I have driven in Manhattan, and there's just a couple of taxis. Right, just a couple. And, they, and, and like, there, is, there is lane markings, but they're not used. <laughs> Welcome to New York. Now get out. <laughs> I love it. So, so the blackjack, uh, not, not to uh, beat this to a uh, horse here, uh, singular blackjack, is that also a smartphone, like the uh, Motorola Q? Correct, correct. Okay. It runs the smartphone OS, um, you know, and basically it's it's similar to the Q in a lot of uh, features, and and uh, it's just a, a different different market, you know, and really I, different market. And I understand your point because I have a you know a Palm OS phone, and if I was limited to not being able to run any of the Palm OS apps I am familiar with for years now, I it would be worthless to me to have a phone like that. So I could, I definitely understand your point of needing to have a full Windows Mobile version on your uh, PDA phone, on your smartphone. Exactly. Yep. Well, I've got. Uh, I want to move on here to the one of the next big stories and and kind of transitioning here. You know, we kind of seem to talk a lot about the the different Windows devices that are out there, and and I think it's probably because. They are they are near and dear to my heart, but uh, Sprint announced a th that they are going to be carrying the Motorola Q uh, earlier this week. On actually, it was late uh, the week before, on the fourth of January, and it wasn't until this weekend. In fact, today, Engadget posted that the 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 phone is finally up on the Sprint website. So I'm I'm excited to see that. I'm excited to see the the review that was. Uh, Put up by Dave over on Mobility today, and and to see the live that the live functioning queue, and to see that it's finally out on Sprint. And I wanted to ask Matt. Um, I I want to get your opinions on this. You know, we we had talked about it in the past, and and we both agree that it's probably uh, very very good because you have now another provider that's carrying this device. You have more opportunities for places for this thing to go, and. Uh, what are your thoughts? What are your opinions, questions, stuff well, like that? Well, for me, when it comes to the Q, um, Sprint really could use this device. I think that what it means by them carrying this device, that means that not only are they really taking on Motorola again like they did for so long, this means that they're now taking on Motorola more than just their standard Razer, Crazer phones. They're starting to take on more of their high-end devices, and uh, unfortunately, like uh, I think, like people talked about, there's not a whole lot of difference between that and the Verizon one. But what it does mean for Sprint, though, it kind of gives them that middle-end device that's not real expensive but has some nice features to it—a nice Windows Mobile phone. Because, like we talked about before, they had they had the Blackberries, which were still the $300 mark, and then they had the Pocket PCs. And then right from there, they went down to music phone, to basic phones. So they, they really, I think they needed a device in that middle part. And that's what I think that the queue is going to fill. Yep, I agree with that. I'm, they're, you know, it, it, it's doing, it's going to do some great things for them. And, and you watch the video review on this, and the device just flies. I mean, 
they really have done a good job in, in the updates. I mean, we've had two updates come out since the original version was released, and with each one, it's just gotten progressively better. And fortunately, Verizon has also been able to release the same update as well for th both of their Q devices, the black and the regular that they have out there, and and it's really good. I mean, it really, you know... Mick, um, on the Sprint Network, do you know if the Q will support the uh, push to talk? You know, I don't. At this point, it it will not. There's no there's no push to talk button on there. If they did some sort of uh, you know add-on ROM update for a, a you know a button mapping of some sort, I don't know. But there's no specific. But I mean, that's a good point. But then again, why Verizon didn't do it either? Right. Well, I I don't see that because you ever notice when Sprint has their push to talk and how Nextel is too, they gear that towards specific devices is what I've seen with them. So I really don't think it, they, it, they, it's like they break their devices up by really almost by functionality. That's almost how they sell it. I mean, they literally have it where low-end devices here, music phones here, smart devices here, direct connect, which eventually, you know, really ReadyLink will go away and it'll be all direct connect once they start, you know, doing the different uh, the, the higher end chipsets. But so, so I can't, you know, I think they're going to keep the whole queue right in that whole smartphone area that'll be in between something like, like we talked about the rim and the pocket PCs and the basic devices. So that, that's how I see Sprint next time. They really, unlike other carriers that kind of mix it up a little bit, they really, they really just kind of set those blocks. And they don't really, they have certain functionality that they stick with certain with a certain area and don't really move it too much to the other areas. Right. Yeah I, I, yeah, I agree with you on that, Matt. I mean, Singular does it a little bit differently. They basically categorize, or at least what I see, they categorize the devices into consumer and corporate. The Trio 750 is a corporate device, so therefore they don't load it with uh, the Singular video and all that nice stuff, but they'll load the blackjack with it. So similar concept there where, you know, the, the, the vendors or the OEMs, and then basically they, they customize their devices to a certain market. Yep, absolutely. Well, speaking of, uh, of OEMs and uh, different uh, corporate devices and things like that, talking about the Q here, it's a perfect segue into the Motorola introducing the Motorola Q Pro. And the Motorola Q Pro is essentially a Motorola Q, uh, very, very much the same as the, the Verizon and the Sprint models. Uh, it's black in color, and it's got some, ex some enhanced features on it, including uh, security with Moto, Moto Pro Mobility Suite Professional, including an on-device firewall, intrusion detection, pin password protection, and data encryption. It also will offer document editing, which is a change from the initial built-on software of the original queue, where you were only able to view documents. You get a special call center support line. You includes a, a power pack that has a, what they're saying, an extended battery vehicle power adapter, plus a 512 megabyte mini SD card that will have backup copies of your security and editing software along with additional space for your own files, music videos, and photos. So this device really is, you know, we talk about what the, the Trio has done, what the Blackjack has done, and, uh, you know, how they're geared towards specific markets. This one is not on a provider. It's offered by the OEM, by Motorola. I'm not sure what exactly is going to happen with this, but it's kind of an interesting concept. This phone, looking over the press release on that site, it is just for large companies. 
it it's going to be it, it's got the security platform which allows IT managers to put uh, profiles and policies like you do on laptops and desktop computers at, at your office and this phone is going to be basically just for that purpose only where you can either restrict the camera or restrict certain applications on the phone itself so this is something that uh, average consumer probably will never see Sure, and but it, it's good though because there have been—I I know there have been a lot of companies out there that have gone, yeah, the Q is fine, but you know we can go out and we can buy a number of Blackberries and we've got X, Y, and Z stuff that we can do with it. Well, Motorola is kind of jumping at that and saying, guess what? Here you go. You can and Motorola is a, such a you know a known name also with business that it'll be good for them. Absolutely. What do you guys think, Jerry? You got any comments on that one? Yeah, I think it's good for Motorola. I mean, Motorola is typically, uh, I don't want to, has, have they dropped the ball several times? I mean, uh, anybody remember the MPX 200 or what was the, that clamshell one that was supposed to come out? That uh, I don't remember. That's how good it was. Um, <laughs> but no, this is good for Motorola. I mean, it, to expand in the corporate IT uh, space is, is always a good thing. And if they um, enable the IT managers, um, to basically control and, and basically customize the functionality, then this is a good thing. I think, you know, basically, you know, this thing will be bought up in, in lieu of, you know, Blackberries, um, you know, because black Blackberries, we all know, are, can be very limiting, and they do email, and they do email well. So the queue really takes it a step further, and if it, like we said, if it offers all this custom customization, um, then I think it's a good thing. Yeah. How about Matt? What do you think? I think they're testing the, the waters. They're they're seeing okay now that we got a queue out. We see people like it. We see some things do it. We see we've got the good grasp here, a good foundation that's working. All right. Well, let's try adding a few different things and see if we can kind of go into the next market, which is okay. How about the little higher end users, a little bit more, the little black like we said, BlackBerry or Pocket PC users, and see if we can maybe get them to grab onto this. And if, I'll be honest with you, if they can if they can work it where the price point is better than what let's say the BlackBerry is or or even Pocket PC and still has some of those nice little added features to it, they could I think it could take off. Absolutely, yeah. I think so. They should have almost named it the Motorola Q Corporate, but um, <laughs> it, it, you know, it, it just comes down to the fact that there's another uh, another choice for a corporate you know large corporations to to roll out a smartphone that's not a BlackBerry because maybe the IT people they all have personally they have uh, smartphones or Windows mobile devices they're like well we don't understand BlackBerry so we're not going to even recommend implementing one maybe this Sorry. is another option yep. yep there you go throw that one out there well there are uh, there are three devices that are different uh, from <laughs> the Trio and the and the Motorola Q although two of them are from Motorola that I wanted to talk about here and I'm just gonna throw them all three of them out there and then we can we can talk about them. we don't have to go through each one specifically but uh, the first story is that Singular is announcing the Crazer which I know is supposed to have been released back in 2006 it's now available uh, so you can go to Singular and pick up a Crazer if you are so inclined uh, at uh. yeah yawn <laughs> At CES this week, Motorola uh, announced the Motorola Riser, and they had announced it earlier in, I think it was July, actually. 
they had announced that they were going to be coming out with this phone. Well, they are now, It's. it looks like it's done. They just need to have it picked up by a provider, FCC approval, all that fun stuff. Basically, your typical slider phone with your uh, Motorola UI, same kind of buttons and everything, kind of looks like a hybrid between a uh, the chocolate phone and the Razer, if that makes any sense. And the third and final uh, one that I wanted to talk about is there is now going to be a white BlackBerry Pearl that will be coming out on T-Mobile. So if you're a T-Mobile customer, you have the option of a black and now a white Pearl. So anyone have any thoughts or opinions on any of those? Do we care? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Jerry does. We're, we're all, sm we're all smart, uh, smartphone uh you know, uh, PDA phone uh, liker, uh, users here, sorry. Um, so regular cell phones, they, they, they seem kind of boring. Yeah. That, it, and this is where I think Motorola, in some cases, needs to go back a little bit to the drawing board because it seems like, I don't know, it seems like, okay, you got the Razor, then you got the Crazer, you know, how many times are you going to remake that? I mean, yes, the, the Razor was very successful, and, and you're going to have a Crazer and, and now a Chrysler or whatever, Riser. But my thing is, but they're not changing too much about these things, so they're almost like too identical. So these devices almost kind of get almost like uh, put together, as in people kind of look at them all like the same. They don't really define them. People don't really look at them as... Oh, that, that, that. They all just because they're all they, when people start seeing them and start looking at the menus or start looking at the keypads and they start thinking, oh, well, that's just the same as that. So I kind of think that they need to maybe go back to drawing board a little bit and come, up with some, you know, let's let's see some real different designs on some of these phones. I'll, well, I'll give them, the, does the ahead, Motorola Jerry. does the Motorola uh, the the Motorola um, Razor is that? an mp3 playing phone like this uh, riser is because um, it, it's talking about it has a you know micro sd slot where it's got a pretty decent mp3 player it sounds like um does the the crazy razor talking uh, or the or the razor this is the riser here it's describing it as having that support. right but you but you're you're questioning the razor if that yes. has it uh yeah. it has well i'm trying to think about that uh, jerry That's i know you're, you're later. my last one right well, yeah, I used to have one, but it didn't have an MP3 player. Um, but it was an original V3. Um, but I think doesn't Verizon have the Vcast where you can at least play uh, multimedia on it? Right. Like it's like my my wife's V3M, my wife's Razer V3M, that has the micro SD card slot, and you can down different, I think, did different songs to it. So they did. They eventually added. This is what I'm talking about, though. They they kind of. I mean, how long has the Razer been out? And so they keep releasing it, but they're adding some stuff to it, but they're keeping a lot of stuff the same. So there isn't yeah, I, I think I personally think Motorola has to go back, and I agree with you, Matt, that they got to go back. And I'm more a proponent they need to redo the interface because you know, going back, even when I use my wife's uh, Verizon uh, Razer, I mean, it's the same interface. You know, I I, th I personally think it's kludgy. Um, and uh, a lot of people have complained about Motorola interfaces before on phones, and I, I think they just need to go back and rework it. Uh, I don't know how you guys feel about that. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm the same as you. When I look at these three devices, I see, I see a a slim down razor, I see a razor with a different top hat, as in the riser, 
and I see a different color of a blackberry. But here's what I here's what I will say about them. Well, they they may not be for me, and they may not really make me all that excited. We're talking about the vast majority of the population who is looking for something different, but yet the same. They've used a razor, maybe they're on their second razor, or someone in their family has used a razor, and they know how it works. They want something with the same user interface, they don't want to have to take the time to learn how to use something different. So I can get something like the Crazer, and it looks a little bit different, and it's going to be easy enough for me to use. Same thing with the riser. Maybe you tried the chocolate phone, maybe you tried one of the Samsung slider phones, but guess what? Maybe you liked the Motorola user interface. And so that's where that one is going to take off. So for us guys, yeah, it's not going to really do much for us, but I'm hoping that it gets a portion of the segment that they're going after because I think they are smart in that regard. Yeah, it but you looks, it, it's a visually appealing phone, so it probably will. Yeah. What'd you say, Matt? My, my thing is that what they're not thinking about, I think sometimes, is that who is, who is the generation that we really market these type of devices to? We, well, these are your... What, the 18, it's the almost, I'd say, 15 to 30 crowd, right? Well, it, this is probably your generation Y, which is basically 19, oh, I don't know, what is it, 79 to something. Well, yeah, see, but, but I mean, it's... But when it, I'm looking at that type of crowd, and even the kids nowadays... They're bored. They get, you know, they get kind of sick of the same stuff. They want newer things. And they like different. They, they're, they're different. They, they learn technology a lot faster because they're so used to technology changing so much. So for me, I'm thinking, I still, I got to keep them interested in buying phones so often. So I come out with different designs that's really cool and different, and not like everybody else. I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. If you're looking at the generation that's let's say 35, let's say 30 or above or something like that, where oh, okay, I've got a razor, cool phone, does some good stuff, I'm just gonna get another razor. But the people I think that are more buying the the higher end of awesome high end devices, but the the devices like that that do all the different functionalities or MP3s and this and that, it's that younger generation, which I think gets bored with certain devices quick and would like some different ideas out there, or really neat devices out there that they're going to want to buy. That's a great uh, point. Yeah, great point. I agree. I, and I think that's why Verizon, uh, the chocolate with Verizon, has been very successful. Um, it's been marketed. You know, you, you can't go anyplace without seeing, you know, an ad for a chocolate and, and what it does. You know, the, the turn-by-turn navigation, the MP3 player, the multimedia capabilities, and it, it's a cool slider. You know, I mean, uh, it, it's just – and Verizon did a good job of marketing that phone to, to young people and to people who wanted something a little bit more than your standard uh, flip phone or whatever, and those who, you know, don't necessarily need a smartphone. Think about yeah. what Dave said when it comes to blackjack. Not much different than the Q, but marketed to the younger generation that was doing a lot more functionality with the phone and how it looked. The design was a little bit different, looked pretty sweet, looked pretty cool, much more advertising. Those that my generation, I say, or even younger than me, are the ones that are watching that TV more, seeing those commercials, thinking, "Oh, that's a really sweet device. I want that." Yeah. That's why I think that's going to that's take it off. It's just not. It's not much different. It's just the way how it's marketed and how it looks. Exactly. Yep. Well, I've got one more one more story that I want to talk about here, and it's it's more of just information. Uh, Verizon's raising their text messaging rates. Well, we didn't see that one coming, did we? 
<laughs> what, what is it up to? A dollar fifty now per message? Dollar fifty a text message. <laughs> Fifteen cents. <laughs> so the the debate comes back around. Can you get out of your contract because they are materially changing your contract? And I don't know that anyone has had the opportunity yet to question them on this and try and do it, but may come back. I know Singular said, well. No. <laughs> Sprint yeah. said Sprint said maybe Singular said no. Maybe Verizon will just say no. <laughs> you know really how this goes. Anywhere. Yeah. It it's very interesting that in with everything else dropping in price that they can actually that they're actually pushing up their text messaging prices. I th I find that an interesting uh, uh business decision. Well, it's like me and Mickey have talked about before. Why are they trying to do this? They want someone like me who has, let's say, my wife that text messages once in a while, but gets enough of them to the point where it's costing me four to five bucks a month, so I might as well pay the consistent four or five dollars instead of having her, having her and telling her, honey, stop text messaging so much or, or just call me or whatever. Instead, I'm just going to go, oh, you know what, screw it. I'll just pay the five bucks every single month now, so they got, now that now my ARPU just went up five bucks consistently, and she'll have 250 every month now. Yeah, and I exactly. The, you know yeah. that is totally it. Just totally. Yep. That that's and then, that's. Mm -hmm. In that same article, is talking about Sprint raising up its four one one rates. And the only yeah. thing I can think of the reason that's happening is, is they're they're hating the fact I think that, we're, it's getting to the point where mobile browser, and and different text messaging is enabling you to find information a lot easier now. So people yep. are not calling four one one. People, it's oh, just I, not happening. So they're trying to cover. I think they're trying to cover costs by increasing it. That could be because I haven't used 411 for at least three years now. I do everything over the data. I look it all up online. Yeah. Why yeah. would you not? It's you know if if you're savvy enough to do it, it's it's really makes a lot of sense. Really if does. you're already paying that much for your data, you better find a way. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. Well, guys, what else? What else have we got? I mean, we have uh, we've successfully covered the topics that we wanted to talk about here today. And CES was kind of a it was kind of a show this year where it really brought out a lot of updates to different products. Not a ton of stuff came through on the mobile phone side of things. Samsung did announce some new devices. Nothing that really uh, struck me enough where I, d I said we should take some time to talk about it here, but. Overall, not bad. Not a bad year. And, I mean, we had the iPhone come out. What else could we ask for, you know? <laughs> Here's my thing when I'm thinking about what, what, what is the next. I'm thinking about what, what could be next. Um, you have the iPhone. You've got the networks being upgraded. You've got deals with, like, say, Singular and, and Time Warner. To start selling, I'm not saying I'm sorry. Sprint and Time Warner start selling their service. Start trying to control your your cable box from your phone. I'm just trying to think of with the AT&T merger and bringing them all under one. I'm just kind of wondering what's going to be the next big play. As in, are these guys going to start really trying to sell so much stuff to the same customer? I don't know. I'm not really. I'm not sure that that what's going to come out of that. Because I mean, the internet said Verizon's starting to do a lot there. Now AT&T is doing it. 
Sprint right. and Time Warner working together. I'm just trying right. to think of what is. Well, how about know, the um, the the uh, the partnership between I believe is is it Sprint and Sling now that are going to partner? Yeah, uh, for and offer that is, technology. Is it Sprint? I thought. Well, I know HP is bundling it in their laptops. I saw that. Yeah, I, th I believe it's Sprint. One of the major carriers is is partnering with Sling, and I think that's a good thing. Absolutely. Well, you hear so much about you know video. The whole video revolution is happening, and that's going to be you know that's going to be huge this year. The whole you know Google and purchasing who you know who they who they purchased. YouTube. And, yep. YouTube yep. and. and how are they going to, you know, rise and grab the YouTube deal, but then wants to charge you to do? It's just, I'm yeah, just trying well, to think of how this is all. This is, it's, you know, we're coming together here, and that's, and I'm kind of just kind of wondering what is going to happen. Well, they want to make money. You know, these companies want money, big money. Wherever they can get big money is what they're going to do, and who they, you know, where they've got a, a leg up on the competition. You know, we've obviously got convergence on MP3 players and phones. We've got convergence on, you know, PDAs and phones. Okay, now that you're a phone company, what else can you put onto your cell phone to to make yourself more money? You know, what do I see next? I see, you know, gaming phones. You know, where you've got your World of Warcraft edition phone. I mean, people are so plugged into that game. Uh, it's it's scary, and if somebody comes out with a World of Warcraft phone, they will they'll make a killing. Um, you know, you just go on down the line with what people like and what they do. Can we shove it into a cell phone? We'll make money, and I think that's right. just kind of what you'll just kind of keep seeing. But you guys you guys realize what the backbone of this whole thing is, right? The data networks. Absolutely, 3G baby and higher. Because if if that and and you know when I speak about that I'm speaking more specifically about T-Mobile. You know we know T-Mobile is lagged behind on the 3G market. Uh, we know that Verizon is is upping their uh, speeds with the uh, Dell Revision A, and Singular is just now pushing out the UMTS and HSDPA. So really they gotta get this. They gotta get 3G ubiquitous. And I keep saying that word, but it's so true. I mean, for all this multimedia and all this power to start flowing and for a phone to be what we envision it to be, those networks have to be in place and they have to reach. They can't just go to Manhattan and get 3G and then go into Brooklyn and, and you're back into uh, edge speeds. It just won't work. No, it won't. Just like how the, the cell phone reception, how before you had to you know go a Sprint because that worked in your neighborhood, whereas Verizon did didn't. It's exactly. that same. It's exact same mentality, and it, it will look at how the actual telephone industry has gone. You know, your local telephone company—they—they're hurting so bad. It's not even funny. It's all data now. Everything's data, 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 yep. data. So that's. There will be a day someday where we will all—we'll be doing this podcast over data, hopefully, where we can just have our, <laughs> oh. have all of our phones hooked up and being wherever we are. We won't have to. I don't know. Be yep. in the sky. <laughs> I think we already are data. Yeah. <laughs> I trust a freaking computer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks. Thank you very much for uh, for your time this evening. I certainly appreciate it, uh, and uh, it's been a great show. Some great, great discussions. So, uh, until next time, if you'd like to get a hold of us, you can do so by contacting us via email at thecellphonejunkie at gmail dot com. Or, of course, on the voice hotline at 
888-447-4116, and we'll be sure to get your questions and comments on the show. So until next time, thank you very much, and we'll talk to you later. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.